0: guys want to hear some testimonies? So today's sermon, can we put up the sermon side? Thank you for that song, Lazarus, son. Thank you, son. Did you do it because I was going to preach on Lazarus? What a good boy. He's a good, good boy. Wow. How do we raise such a good kid? Uh... So I just want to. I'm part of a leaders network uh, around the globe. So we have about 50 leaders around the globe that are doing amazing things. Australia, New Zealand, Africa. So we gather together once every month, and then we just kind of share testimonies. How many of you guys know that's a good thing? No, that's not a good thing. <laughs> it's a good thing because you're if you're in your own bubble and you just see darkness. Um, it's hard to see what God is doing around the globe, and I'm always encouraged. Even in the midst of our um, trials, we've been so encouraged to know that God is moving and advancing the kingdom forcefully throughout the globe. And then we're also part of like Western Canada leaders, so we have a lot of Zoom meetings, and we're getting connected with those people. Those are more of our family because they're closer to us and we can connect with them. Uh, but I've ha- they always share testimonies. My WhatsApp blows up all the time throughout the week. Doop, doop, doop. I don't know how to turn off. At one point, I was at work teaching, and it just the phone just kept on buzzing because they're just so excited and, and just really encouraged by um, what's happening. So, here's a testimony. I'm just going to read it. Um, I think this is from Fargo, Minnesota. We have a woman in our church who is a young mom. She showed up at our house of prayer less than a year ago crying. I went to minister minister to her and introduced myself. She had just been diagnosed with an aggressive cancer that would cause her to die before the year's end. We prayed, and I encouraged her whenever she was here to receive prayer. Fast forward to Tuesday. She just had her PET scan, and the cancer is totally gone. That's when you say, yes, Jesus. Are you guys alive? (laughs) They gave her a clean bill of health. We have another young mom who was diagnosed with cancer of the kidneys. She had asked the doctor to watch it for six months before the operation. The doctor agreed to wait, but she needed to be checked every month. She gathered uh, healing verses and would declare them over herself. Each month she went in for scans and the tumor was still there. She just went in for her 6 months visit and the tumor turned into a cyst and it is just, is disappearing. And she got and she got to go home with a clean bill of health. My husband who's a urologist said that that was a miracle. Supernatural. Praise Jesus. A man in our church had lung cancer. This is from the same church by the way. All this year. A man in our church had lung cancer and they had been watching the tumor for a while before operating. He went to the doctor a few weeks ago, and the cancerous tumor is completely gone. After many tests, the man was going into uh, palliative care because the kidney had completely shut down. Not because of the cancer, but he just has bad kidneys. There was a word of knowledge about the kidneys, and his wife went forward with a cell phone picture of the kidneys. And the day he went into palliative care, they did more testing and said that his kidneys worked as though they were brand new and had complete function. Now this is the craziest one. One more, this, and then this pastor said this one really rocked me to the core, because there was a person that just gave their life to Jesus a week before, and they came to church and uh, an elder prayed for them, because he was going in for open heart surgery. This is after one week of being saved giving their life to God. He was, he he was going to have a multiple bypass surgery, had major damage to the heart. When he came into pre-op, the doctor asked to have slides taken before surgery as procedural. The doctor came back three more times for the slides to be taken of the heart and then came back in again and looked at everything again and said, I've been in practice for 25 years and I've never seen this, but you have a totally new heart that has been put in your body, I don't need to do surgery, you can go home. This is not last year, this is like now. I don't know about you guys, but that gets me excited. You guys, I don't know, you guys look like... Are these things true? Um, Now, that's a segue into exactly what I'm going to talk about today. We're going to talk about Lazarus, that's John 11 and 12. I don't want to read the whole thing. Um, I might refer to some passages. I want to talk about Mary, Lazarus, and Mary, if if I have time, if you allow me the time. I think it will be beneficial for you. You guys, can you just relax? It's raining outside. It hailed this morning. You got nowhere to go. Just chill out for a minute. I feel like the Lord wants to do something. I mean, guys, don't want, I don't want to lecture. I don't want to give you information. I want you to get revelation, and I want you to have an encounter with Jesus. Jesus died so that you may encounter him. Not read the Bible and get information and then forget about it. Not have a book of notes and then do nothing with it. Maybe you won't hear everything, but I'm praying that something will spark in your hearts, a seed will be planted and you will have an encounter with Jesus today. Amen? So Lazarus died. How many of you guys know we're all going to die? Jesus said, no, he's not dead. He's just sleeping. How many of you guys know though we die, we just sleep and we'll be awaken w- we'll again in the new kingdom? That is the gospel. And Jesus waits four days because he wants to make sure that he's good and dead. He's already dead. But he waits four days because according to Jewish custom, the spirit hovers over the body. Jewish tradition. The spirit hovers over the body because you never know, might come back alive. So Jesus says, no, I want to make sure that everybody knows he's good and dead. It's gone. There's no hope. And he waits. And he comes, and Martha says, Lord, if you've been here, If you've been here, it would have been all okay, but you're not here. 11.21, Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And then she says something really good. Even now, I know whatever you ask, God will give you. How many guys know that that's a good thing to say? Even now. He's dead. He's good and dead. According to our tradition, he's gone there's no hope there's absolutely nothing we can do but she says even now you can do something and jesus said to her your brother will rise again i don't know what she was thinking she says even now you can do anything and then jesus says well your brother will rise again and she did not compute that he meant like today So she says to him, I know you will rise again in the resurrection of the last day. So she actually regurgitates what she's been taught according to Jewish custom. Yes, we will be with God. Yes, I know. So how many guys know I'm like Martha? One minute we're like, Jesus can do it even now. He can raise the dead. He can heal cancer. He can do everything. He can cure diabetes. Your bipolar depression is nothing. Even now. If he wants to do it, he can do it. And then at on one moment, Jesus like gives a testimony. I'm reading a testimony of people getting healed. And then you guys are like, oh, yeah, I believe that maybe one day. See, our... our Our mind, our rational mind, and then even our theological training and our inexperience with God prevents us from actually stepping into what our spirit wants to do. Your spirit says, even now, how many guys know that if you're a believer, there's the spirit inside of you that says, even now, and you believe, and then your flesh, like, walk, is it possible? that is the double-mindedness of every human being that's what religion is built on religion is built on people keeping their devotion without any action religion is Having rituals without any hope for now. Religion is having hope for a future event, and just even maybe barely at that. Well, it's just like, yeah, I'll go to heaven one day, but now there's nothing happening. So, but you know what? I wanna. I can't give up on Jesus. So I gotta have some kind of religion and devotion. Religion is people who lost hope but want to stay in the game and they become cheerleaders and spectators. Church is full of spectators and cheerleaders. My friend is a cheerleader. You know, when I was in high school, we had cheerleaders. Was not, I was playing baseball. I was playing lots of sports all throughout the year. I wanted to be an athlete. Where I was talking to Cam and Cam is a super athlete, by the way. He is super super athlete. He he actually was on the Canadian national junior soccer team. I did not know that. He just threw it out there in a conversation. Yeah, I was by the way, I was in a Canadian national Boy, what did you just say? He's a super athlete. I was not a super athlete, but I wanted to be a super athlete. I wanted to be like Cam. But we had cheerleaders cheerleaders were like yay and they were fooling around yay like in my toronto high school they really didn't do anything they're just like yay it's not like in the united states there's like a netflix documentary about cheerleaders and they're like jumping up and down yay wow yay like you know like you get so excited they like they excite you and then it's like a sport in itself right you guys you guys checking with me So my friend is a cheerleader, and I said, I mistakenly said cheerleading is like not a sport, and she got so offended. She's like five foot. And she's like it is a sport. I will show you. And then she's like showing me all her athleticism and cheering. And she got so passionate about like cheerleading. Yay! Spectators. We had spectators in our games, and they would get excited if we're in the playoffs or. You know, but we're not in the playoffs. No one will show up to our games. Yay! That's religion. Just cheerleading and spectating. But you feel like you're in the game. You're not in the game. Cheerleaders are not playing the game, they're cheering you on. You know who is supposed to cheer you on? People who have died the great cloud of witnesses that have done their job. They're cheering you on. Let's go. They're the cheerleaders. You are not the cheerleader. You are in the game. You're not supposed to be watching, feeling like you're in the game. You're not in the game. You can wear your Canucks jersey. I went to the Stanley Cup Semi-final game, Vancouver Canucks when they beat the San Jose Sharks. My son and I, we were there. I almost fainted because when they scored, Kevin BX scored that game to go to the Stanley Cup. You guys remember that? And then there was riots because we lost. Do You guys remember that? I was there. We went to, I was there for that game. Somebody gave me tickets and I went with my son and son didn't, my son didn't know anything. Who am I supposed to cheer for, dad? The Canucks. Okay, yeah. And then I stood up. Because when they scored, and I almost fainted because I stood up so fast. I was like, hold on to me, kid. And I felt like I was wearing my jersey, taking a picture of the arena, like I'm in the game. Now, I'm not in the game. I didn't play no game. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're cheering Jesus on, and you can repeat all the words of the Bible, and you can do all these things, and you have information, but it doesn't matter because you're not in the game. It makes you, it placates your desire to have some religion or some kind of devotion. But devotion without action is not faith. Somebody say amen to that. I'm here to wake you up. Don't be a Martha thinking you got something and you don't have something. You're saying all the, all the right things. You might be saying all the right things, but Jesus is like, you're not in the game. And really, the way you're thinking is going to destroy your faith. That's why the devil will always let you have religion. The devil will let you have good theology, seminaries. You can have all of that. I'm not, I'm not castigating seminaries. I might actually go to seminary again and get another degree. Just because God called me to. I would never do it voluntarily. I don't like studying. I'm a professor, though. This is my job. You guys know that I get paid to study? Praise the Lord. No, Jesus. I'm not castigating any of that. There's value in it. But the enemy will let you have all of that if that's all you have. He doesn't care about your devotion if there's no power behind the devotion. Mm. That's why Paul chided the church for a formless form of religion that had no power, devoid of any power of God emanating through the church. It's just empty, formless, just Empty structures. Why do we do that? Why do we create these monuments and temples and buildings and churches and mega churches? And why do we do that in worship? And it's like a bunch of spectators loving Jesus. and, And I'm not against building churches. I'm not against beautiful buildings because Jesus never rejected the temple that was adorned because it was a re- reflection heaven. But if that's the end, the, the Lord will just, he wants nothing to do with that because it's supposed to be the propeller for action. Why do we, why do, we do all these things? Why do we keep ritual without, the, without real faith action? Why do we just go through the motions? Why do we always do that because it's safe? Because it requires no faith, no risk. It's safe to cheerlead. It's safe to praise the Lord on Sundays. It's, it's safe, and we should do that. We should be doing that. It's not performance. It is our display of who we are and what we believe. It is our, it is our, it is our desire to give glory to God every Sunday, but we should be doing that every day. When we come in Sunday, it is a reflection and a a sharing of testimonies of what God is doing on the earth. This is not a time for you to just listen to me preach. This is a time for you, your spirit to come alive. That's preaching. I'm not teaching right now. I teach every week. Teaching is just disseminating information so you write some notes and write a test. There's no test at the end of this. Preaching is your spirit. Resonating with what I'm saying, something is coming alive. It's the transformative power of God. And it causes you to act. We want to be safe. She says, even now, you can do something. But you know what? You'll do it one day. The Lord says, no, no. You got it the right the first time. Your instinct was right the first time. Here. Now. There's this great theology I took in seminary. There's this huge book that I had to read, George Alden Ladd. I wish I said I, I read every single page. No, I read the parts that I need to read so I can pass the exam. Just, being, just confess. It's a thick book. I had to read many courses and uh, many books for that theology class. But the essence of that theology is here, but not yet. The kingdom of God is here, but not yet. And so he was George Alden Ladd. He was saying, "The kingdom of God is here, but not yet." And I'm afraid that a lot of us had put a uh, lot of us put the emphasis on the wrong words kingdom of God is here, but not yet. One day, one day, but really the emphasis of Jesus is kingdom of God is here, and the not yet. The mystery is the not yet, but the kingdom of God is here. Even now, Jesus says, I can turn this situation around. Even now, that's the gospel that's the gospel. That's why the devil will always let you build a temple and a monument to your works. Because that's got no power. But as soon as you start testimony, and as soon as you start building the church with testimonies of God's power and transformative work in the lives of people, then he's got a problem. Then you got a problem. Then you need to decide what you believe. I really believe this. Do I really believe this book? That's why John 12, 9, 11, it says, when the large crowd of Jews learned that Jesus was there, they came not only on account of him, but also to see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. So the chief priests made plans to put Lazarus to death as well. The devil always wants to kill Lazarus. The testimony. Because that is the manifestation of God's kingdom working through people. It is the light in the darkness. It is the hope to the hopeless. It is what that woman needed when she drove her car 100 100 kilometers an hour into the tree, whatever it was. Darkness has no chance against God's power and his light. No chance. You know, one of the places that I used to go in seminary, we had three departments, School of, psych- school of Psychology, School of Theology, School of World Missions. I used to take all my electives in the School of World Missions because that's where the action was. That's what we've, theology is where you went to die. That's why they call seminary, cemetery, because you, you get all this information and then you just get filled with information and all this doubt and critical thinking in your life. I died and got resurrected because I have a seminary theology degree. And then I'm proud of it because I have true faith and I had to lay aside a lot of that to reclaim the Bible. But I, all my electors were in the missionary, School of Missions, World Missions. Just go into the class and I just basically it's just testimonies and reading testimonies of hundreds of missionaries throughout the centuries. Really, all the missionaries that had success did not come to a place and just try to theologize people into the kingdom. Really, they would go to a tribe and they would the tribal people will come and say, We kill you. We kill you? And the missionaries said, Wait, before you kill us, we wanna we wanna let you know that Jesus is God. No, no, we have our God. Zulu, Zulu will save us. And the missionary will say, no, no, God is God. And then the tribal leader will say, prove it. If you eat this poison, if your God is God, you will not die. How many guys know that's like world missions? You guys want to do that? No, that's not... These are testimonies of people who would actually pray, they would eat the poison, and they would not die, and the tribe would get saved. Not just once, many times over. It's called the power encounter. The devil does not want to encounter God's power because he loses every time. Can I hear an amen? (sighs) Every time you share a testimony, it's an indictment, an indictment to the devil that he lost. Every time you share a testimony, it's it's an indictment. <laughs> it's just like you lose or you lost. Jesus didn't say it is getting it is getting finished. He said it is finished well, as soon as he died. It's like it's over. You lost now we're gonna to have to go through the progression of restoring but you know you know the end game checkmate you're done so every time you give a testimony of his goodness his power his transformative work how you became saved which is not even your own volition it's the Lord changing your heart of stone into flesh all those testimonies is an indictment to the devil ha! ha you have no hold on me all oh, death where is your sting That's why Jesus says, Lazarus, get out of the tomb, because you don't belong there. That's for dead people. You're not dead. You're just sleeping. Get out of the tomb. Hmm. How many guys know that Jesus came to destroy something? Tell somebody next to you, Jesus came to destroy something. Come on, say with more conviction. John 3, 1 John 3, 8, the Son of God came to destroy. I'm not making this up. 1 John 3, 8, the Son of God came to destroy the works of the devil. Matthew 10, 7, 8, and proclaim as you go, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Even now it's here. It's here. Kingdom of God is here. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, cast out demons. You will receive without pain, give without pay. Matthew 10, 7, 8, this is what he told his disciples. Go to every city. The kingdom of God is at hand. Proclaim it. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, cast out demons. What is our purpose? Heal the sick. Raise the dead cleanse lepers, cast out demons, because it's the evidence and the testimony of God's resurrection power. We're coming into Good Friday. A lot of people stay on Good Friday. Oh, Jesus, you died for us. Yes, it is good. We thank God. The sin of the world bearing upon one man. How many guys felt ashamed, guilty, depressed, We all have, amen? Imagine eight billion souls and all the weight of their depression, sadness, sin, and wickedness coming upon one man at one point. He bore all that for us. He died, and we're thankful, but we forget that there's a resurrection coming, and that resurrection is evidence of his power the kingdom of god is at hand now heal the sick raise the dead cleanse the leper cast out demons because i have come to destroy the works of the devil because all these things are a result of sin and the enemy perpetuating sin in our lives so rage and rage against the dying against sin against the grave against the cave the under, against the cave that lazarus was in the tomb that destroys you and that buries you rage against the dying of the light Dylan Thomas said I don't know if you guys fight I don't know I fight against any death any sickness any anything that comes against me that is not the will of God I fight I trust the outcome to God but I fight with all my being because it is not the will of God It is not natural for us to die. Let me guys know, death is not natural. It is not in the will of God that we die. This humanistic thinking, we all die, this evolutionary thinking, we all die is part of the process, part of the life cycle. That is not the word of God. Death entered. It is a foreign object that has come upon perfect creation. And so anytime you have evidence of some kind of death, like sickness or anything, any kind of mental illness that leads us to spiritual death, emotional death, physical death, any kind of death, any kind of pollution, it is something that we rage against. You don't drink polluted water. Somebody asked me in Africa, why don't you just drink some of the water there? It looks clean. I'm like, no, no, dude. I I don't do that there's diseases in there that I don't know it was in North Korea they said why don't you drink this water they brought some like cup of water and then put it in and and I I saw people like urinating and defecating on the lake and I said where'd you get the water from from that water facility over there and I don't trust the North Korean water facility you know you you do what I'm saying I don't drink no polluted water and you should not drink anything that's polluted you should not consume anything that is not the will of god do you understand because it's polluting you it's rage and rage against the dying of the light can somebody say amen that's why revelation 5 6 and it says and between the thrones and the four living creatures and among the elders i saw the lamb who was jesus standing as though it had been slain the Bible is saying, as though it looks like he's dead, but as if. The Bible is saying, as if he's dead. Ha ha ha! Wink, wink. He's not dead. As if. That's what the Bible is saying. John is saying, wink, wink. As if he's dead. It looks like he's dead, but ha ha. The devil's gonna get the last laugh. He is alive. Don't you see? As if we're gonna die. As if this situation is going to be the end of us as if God will restore and God will heal even now, even now. Lazarus, come out. (sighs) So, Martha, even now you can, one day. Lazarus, Jesus says, today is the day. I will show you. He demonstrates. the Mary, seeing all this in the background, decides to anoint Jesus. John 12. Costly perfume, perfume of pure nard, 300 denarii, it says. Equivalent to a year's wages. I don't know how much you guys make in a year. Let's say average $50,000. $50,000 wasted on Jesus, they say. That's why Judas betrayed Jesus. This is too much. I can't take this. This is such a waste. But she understood She understood the gospel. She finally went from religion to demonstration, and now if the kingdom is real, it is real. There's nothing worth the value that I need to keep. How many guys are gonna get married soon? I know some people are gonna get married next year and then this year. How many guys want to get married one day? <laughs> you guys want to do a prenup? Prenuptial agreement? Son, you're going to do a prenup? No prenup? You guys know what prenuptial is, right? Like, what's yours is yours, what's mine is mine. Let's just have different separate bank accounts, but be one. Be one. Be one. But our finances are mine because I make more money than you, so I don't want you to take my money. I don't want to have a joint account because I don't know what you're going to do with your money. You guys know what a prenup is? So I'm just going to pretend and also declare that one day my, like, if I met my wife and she was an heiress to the richest man on the planet, Jeff Bezos King. Jeff Bezos King. She has billions of dollars in her account. Then she wants to marry me. And I have, I just graduated school and going to seminary. I got no money. It would be, I got like 10 bucks to my name and a Suzuki sidekick that has a leak in the back. And that's my only asset. And I tell her I want a prenup. That is the dumbest thing that I could ever say. You guys understand what I'm trying to say? She's got the billion. I got a Suzuki sidekick. I'm telling her I want a prenup. Don't take my Suzuki sidekick. Don't take my $50 in my bank account. You keep your billions. I'll just keep my 50 And that's how people think about the gospel of the kingdom. That's how they think about Jesus' death and resurrection. They think like, oh, yeah, I don't know if it's that... I don't know if it's that valuable. It's just something I do on Sundays. It's not like something I want to give my life to. I don't know. Yes, I will give, yeah, I will say it in public, but inside, I mean, like, I got stuff. I want to prenup with Jesus. How many you guys know we have prenuptials with Jesus? Don't touch this, don't touch that, you keep that. Don't touch my part of this life. You guys understanding what I'm trying to say? It is, it is really silly in light of eternity when God is giving you eternity you're keeping your you know what eternity is like imagine a line from here to there and that's it never ends and your life is a little dot in this little line that's your life eternity just like line it just goes on forever and you have a little dot in life that's your that's your life and you're like, I want my life. I want this little dot. When he's giving you eternity. When the Bible says in heaven, the dirt is gold. We value gold as if it's the most valuable thing. Because somebody said, oh, look at the shiny gold thing. It's valuable. And then we put value to it. But in heaven, the Lord, God says, hey, the streets are paved with gold. In heaven, gold is dirt. Do you understand? and we value these things that don't mean anything you value money we value all these things that we're just going to we're just going to leave behind and we think it's something that Jesus cannot take when God is offering you the world eternity all things life joy happiness here even now and forever and he's giving you life forevermore we cannot minimize what he has given you that death will never have a hold on you. That's the gospel. That's why he died. That's why we have Passover week. This week as he triumphantly entered Jerusalem. And people were giving like waving their hyssop leaves on him, not knowing what they were doing because the hyssop leaf is the same leaf they put blood on the doorposts of the houses of Israel, Israelites in Egypt, so that death passed over them. You guys okay? I get fired up. I don't know why I'm yelling so much this week, but I'm getting fired up because I want you to understand the gospel. It's, we treat like going to heaven like we're going to the bathroom. I mean, I go to the bathroom, but a lot of the women, I've noticed, want to go to the bathroom together. They get up, and you go to the bathroom? Me too. Let's go together. Like, they can't go alone. You're going to heaven? Oh, yeah, me too. I guess we go together. We don't know what it's like. And the woman's bathroom is so much nicer than the men's, amen? Amen smells nicer. And one time I had to go into the women's because I had to go and it was locked and this guy was in there for so long and he had the code. So I had the code, and I locked it. And I was just praying, nobody come in here. But it was so much nicer than the men's. It smelled nicer, but it's still a bathroom. You don't want to go to the bathroom alone. You treat heaven like it's just nothing. You know, my wife, I've been going through some hard times, but we always have eternity in our hearts. At the end of the day, this life is just a thought. Be with the Lord forever. I have a mission. Whatever your will, let it be done, God. Just a moment. Just a thought in eternity. I'm going to be spending eternity with Jesus. People are like, what are we going to be doing in heaven? I'm going to be looking at Jesus and everything I felt on earth that was of any good will be multiplied by a billion times for all of eternity, forever. <sighs> Every time I felt the love of my kids, and I still remember my daughter like shaking her fake earrings, and then I would look at her and I just felt so much joy. I still remember it. First time she went to Hawaii and went, ah! Just so much joy! First time I went to Hawaii and just saw the water, and like my heart leapt, and this must be, this must be what heaven's like. And the Lord spoke to me clearly: just a small little glimpse. That I will be in heaven all of eternity, experiencing the fullness of that forever, surrounded by love, the love of Christ that overwhelms me. Just. Oh that i want to just express my worship to him that's why heaven is a place of worship that's why jesus he gets angry at lazarus being in the snore in the in the cave and it says the wor- the word angry in the greek actually means like a wild horse that snorts <laughs> you can do it. <laughs> I try to practice, <laughs> I say, I don't know, you know, like a wild horse about to fight, like a war horse, <laughs> like it's, you know, anyway, just imagine a comic strip, the horse snorting, and when Mary poured perfume on the feet of Jesus, the people snorted, the people got angry with the same level of anger that Jesus got angry at death. <sighs> Don't get radical, man. Don't get fanatic. Religion is just a hobby, it's something you do on Sundays. Sacrifice, oh, you've given enough to the church. You know, you go every Sunday, you you serve, you set up chairs. Don't get so radical. Don't be careful. There's a lot of documentaries on, like, cults. Hey, don't be careful. You're getting a little fanatic. You're going to church a little too much. I'm like, it's just once a week, man. But it's a little lot. Why can't you just enjoy the sun? It's a little, you're fanatic. It's funny how we, we have no enthusiasm when it comes to our Savior And so much fanaticism when it comes to our hobbies and our sports and our TV shows. And the people get angry at devotional sacrifice and worship because they understand the gospel. See, devotion is is a worthy endeavor if you understand the gospel. Because that kind of devotion will propel you to the world as a living sacrifice. Jesus gets angry at death, and they get angry at sacrifice. That's religion. That's the world. you got to choose. Even now, or one day and Jesus says no even now Lazarus that's why I felt like the Lord told me to share those testimonies with you before I was gonna end it with a bang at the end of the sermon stand up look at all these testimonies no the Lord said share now and you will see the response he was exactly right because you have to choose and you have to believe, even now. He's working, and he will create a hunger in you. Why not now? Why not here? Why not me? Do you think God loves those people in Fargo more than you? Fargo, Minnesota? <laughs> I only know Fargo because of a TV show a long time ago called Fargo. I don't Do you think God loves Fargo more than Vancouver? This is where you say, no. (sighs) Let's stand. People ask me, what kind of church is this? We're trying to create a church. We're not even trying to create a church. We're just inviting people. We're inviting Jesus to this place. We're trying to create a God zone where God's here. So that when you enter this place, you experience God. Encounter God. You hear stories of God and that it will you, you either will have two kinds of responses. You'll be like, oh, that was good, interesting. Or you'll have, and then you'll be like, well, but it's kind of weird, I don't know. Really, does God do all those things now? I think for some of us, like as Christians, we have less faith than some of the doctors in the hospitals that work there. You know, there's a book of miracles in, in hospitals, every hospital. Because they can't explain it. Something has happened because they see it quite often. But in the church, we're like, I don't know if that could happen. That's the enemy trying to rob you of your Lazarus, of your encounter. Because if you have an encounter, you'll have true devotion. Jesus died so that you may have an encounter with him. Amen? So let's just raise our hands in a posture of surrender. I don't know about you guys, but when I read those testimonies, I'm like, my first reaction is, here, now, Vancouver, Rain City, make it happen. Not like, could you, would you? I'm like, my prayer is like, no, Lord, you love me, you love us just as much you love those people in Africa, South America, Fargo, New Zealand, Australia, even in Europe. Why not think? Why not here? Why not Vancouver? Every encounter points to our eternity It signifies that that is our home and it's indictment against the works of the enemy yes lord every time you hear testimony is the lord saying i want to do that too It's not for you to spectate and go, oh, that was nice. No, it's the Lord saying, I want to invade your life too. The life of you, your family, your friends. So we're going to pray for two things today. Actually, three things. Four things. Because we had four things that come up today. Every time I hear a testimony, I'm like, anybody have that problem? So if you're going through depression, if you're having suicidal thoughts, you don't have to raise your hands. We don't have to do anything. We're just going to pray for you. I'm just going to give you a prayer blessing. If you have any cancer in your family, your friends, in your life, this is something that you need to reject and rage against that disease, which is from the pit of hell. I refuse to accept it, it's not of God. Whoever taught you that is of God. They were smoking something. Though God can use evil to work out his good purposes, God is never the author of evil. So if you have that, we're going to pray for you. Anybody with heart disease, family members with heart issues and pray for you. Any kidney issues, we're gonna go after that. So everybody just, so that nobody feels left out, I mean singled out, put your hand on your heart. We're gonna pray for for suicidal thoughts, suicidal ideation. Some of you guys know those ideas and thoughts are from the pit of hell. Do not partner with the enemy. Sometimes healing is a process. Miracles are an event. We're asking for both. If it's not going to happen as an event, we're also going to fight for our healing and restoration. Do not go gentle into that good night. Rage, rage against the dying of the light. Fight. We pray against suicidal ideation, any suicidal thoughts, any kind of hopelessness. We just eradicate that now. Holy Spirit, come, transform minds. If you can give somebody a new heart, you can give them a new brain. I pray for that right now. I want you to press into it because I feel God's spirit like on me as I'm praying for it. I literally feel his presence I pray for that right now we come against the works of the enemy that is playing games with your mind trying to destroy you rage against the dying of the light know that the enemy is there to destroy your life rise up and have some anger against the enemy trying to take away your life before it's even begun we come against hopelessness and despair There are no hopeless situations. Only people who have gotten hopeless in them. God is our hope. He is the God of the turnaround. At any moment, things could turn around. I actually felt the Lord speak to me right after Resurrection Sunday. He said, there's going to be manifestation of a turnaround. You will see. You will see. You will see. Now I just want to pray against cancer. If you have cancer in your family, in your life, any, like anything related to that. If you had family members who passed away with cancer and you're worried about cancer, like genetically and all that, that's all from the lies of the enemy as well, causing anxiety to your body. Just raise your hands right now just raise your hands high so we can pray for you if you're next to somebody who has their hands raised just put your hand on them appropriately in an appropriate place Lord we come against any cancer this disease that is from the pit of hell we come against it in the name of Jesus Lord, we thank you for the testimony and we say do it now, even now here in this place. Here in this place, in our lives, in the lives of our family, we eradicate any any distortions, dysfunctions in the body. We restore their bodies to its original state, to perfection now in the name of Jesus. We ask for miracles and for healings. We ask, thank you, Lord God, that you are going to even progressively heal us and you can do it in an instant. Anybody with heart issues in your family, hypertension, anything like that, just raise your hands. Family members, parents, but we pray against any kind of heart issues. We pray for a complete restoration of the heart. We thank you for the testimony of the new heart. We say, God, give us a new heart. Restore our hearts to its original state in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. We praise you, God, because you're a good God. You're a good, good Father. And we are your children. We thank you, Lord. We come to you as children, not as slaves or serpents begging you. We declare it. This is the kingdom. By your stripes, we are healed. We release the kingdom to the people now in Jesus' name any kind of kidney issues in your family or people. If you have kidney issues, just put your hands there or your family. We just ask, God, you would give people new kidneys. Bring healing to their bodies in Jesus' name. We thank you, God. Release it right now. Release healing to their bodies right now. We thank you, God. You're a good, good father. We thank you for healing, the process of healing, and we thank you for miracles, which you're going to do. We expect both. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. All the healings I've seen throughout the nations, I want to see here in Vancouver. Give you all the glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I always say let's give glory to God, but just remember, let's be like Mary and give all our devotion and our praise because he is worthy of it all. So let's give glory to God. Rain City, let's go. One, two, three. Yeah. Keep going. Give glory to Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Uh, You guys, I just feel like God did something here. When the God that pauses a seed, you need to cultivate it throughout the week. Just meditate on it and just keep praying for it. I've had growths in my body that I prayed for over a year and then one day it just disappeared. I've had personal healings. I've seen healings. I've seen lives transformed. People who are completely against the Lord one day change their lives, give their lives to Jesus. People who are in bipolar depression become well again. People don't know, my mom tried to commit suicide right in front of me when I was five. She said goodbye to me and she, was, she took all these pills and she literally dying. I didn't understand what was happening until the emergency came in. Because my dad was on a trip and she was gonna do it while my dad was on a trip. But my dad, something, he wasn't, he wasn't a believer, but something instinctually told him to come back. He was also a little neurotic too. Came back and then found my wife dying. My found his uh, wife dying and then called an emergency. But you would never know that my wife, I mean, my mother is, uh, is bipolar. She's not. She's completely healed when she received Jesus. She is the most Jesus loving. She'll cry during hymnals. How many of you guys know it's hard to cry? Any kind of hymnal, any kind of prayer, she'd be like, Jesus, I love you. And praying every single day, just loving the Lord. God can do miracles. Amen. It's a process of healing and also miracles. We give you all the glory, Jesus. Amen. You guys are dismissed. Let's get ready for Resurrection Sunday celebration next week.